take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, and this is Season 4, Chapter 4. Today I'm interviewing Jill Shortrid, but before that, I just want to mention, this show is sponsored by Brody's Balloons. And Brody's Balloons are just about to release, uh, together with me, the new and improved version 2.0 of the Brody's Balloon Stock Up. In this version, the barcode scanner works so robust and uh, fast that you can pretty much go into your balloon room and scan the entire room in about 10 minutes, which is crazy. The uh, balloon stock up and the Brody's balloon stock up, both of them were upgraded to use the improved barcode scanner and you can get them in version 2.0 uh, pretty much uh, at the time that you listen to this show. So thank you Brody's Balloons for sponsoring the show and for releasing a really cool tool uh, together with me into the market. Um, with that said, let's go right into the interview with Jill Shortread. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, and this is a live session from Float. I'm sitting here in my room with Jill Shortweed, and Jill is a seasoned decorator. She has a business that runs for 20 years now. She's been an instructor as well on the world tour for Pioneer on WBC in Float. And I'm really excited about talking with you, Jill, because we, both of us, we share the same passion, and that is the passion to the business side of things. So hello, Jill. How are you? I'm good, Zibi. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you for spending the time with us in the Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. We are really eager on learning a bit about what drives you and why did you choose to focus on uh, having a decoration business? Um, okay, so the reason we strictly focused on balloon decorating was many years ago we owned uh, several retail party stores and after evaluating them, um, realized that majority of our expenses were in the retail end, but majority of our income was coming from balloons. So we decided to take that shift about eight years ago where we focused solely on having a um, balloon company where we focused on decor, um, catering mostly to corporate clients and nonprofits and large scale private decor. So when you decided to do the shift, uh, originally you had a shop and decoration business and you decided to focus. So was that, uh, uh, were there a lot of fears involved with limiting the amount of things that you do and focusing your business? Well, definitely. I mean, it was a um, very big challenge to shift from having clients where you focused face to face, day by day, where you had um, displays up where they could come in and do cash and carry and walk out. Now we rely solely on our website and our social media to publish and post and to promote to people without having a storefront anymore. Um, it makes it a little more of a challenge to get to people. So we had to shift that focus where they didn't have that one-on-one -on -one contact with us face-to-face -face anymore. Many of my clients, especially my corporate clients, we never even see. 
So they're doing stuff long distance from corporate headquarters or from wherever, and we just don't have that personal interaction anymore. So we definitely had to shift the way that we were um, acquiring our clients and the way that we um, presented to them that they were comfortable and confident to purchase with us. In these days, is your business uh, leveraging online marketing with your website and with your Facebook? Is that something that I can actually work for you to uh, on a decoration business in your in your opinion? Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much we, we don't do a whole lot of paid marketing. Um, we don't advertise in our local newspapers or anything like that. Everything we do is strictly um, SEO oriented or Instagrammed or hashtag strong. And, you know, we, we go after our marketing with a purpose and the type of client we wish to acquire. Um, you know, I love working with soccer moms and stuff and making Johnny's little birthday party look nice, but they're really not my key client. They're not the fish I want to go after. Um, we're more so going after large corporate clients like Google and Boeing and um, Blackboard and the hospitals and the colleges, and that's more who our focus is. So everything we do um, uh, marketing-wise, um, we do intentionally and with purpose with that end result. And what will you do when the soccer mom will call you and will ask you to decorate a birthday, let's say? Will you say no? Will you turn down the customer? Um, we don't turn down the customer. We allow the customer to decide if we're even the best fit for them. If the budget... Um, we, don't, we don't like to turn away money, but sometimes we just feel they could spend their money better somewhere else. Um, You know, again, it would may not be the best fit for us, um, knowing that we tend to do stuff more classic-oriented or over-the-top-oriented. We just may be not, not the best um, budget fit for them. Will you have any minimum order in your, in your business? We tend to. Um, I tend to be a little lenient on that, but... In our busier seasons, I will try to enforce that a little more. We don't have a very high, high minimum because most of our clients meet that without any problem. And we don't try to make it unrealistic. We don't have a $500,000 minimum budget. Um, you know, $150 will get us out the door for somebody without delivery or tax or strike fees. So that will get us started. Um, so... You know, I think most people can obtain that. What we do have more of a challenge with is people even having us be available for them because people have a tendency to book decor at the last minute. We have a tendency to have to turn people away because we can't get them into our schedule because of how busy we are. I see. And that's, the, uh, in a way, uh, a good problem to have in your business. Um, what do you think is the number one struggle for a decoration business? Um, hmm, number one struggle. I think, um, I think getting people to understand the value of what balloon decor can do for them and for their event. And then from, you know, our standpoint, the industry standpoint is to price it so that it's profitable and that you keep moving forward in a positive way and break that stereotypical, it's just balloons mentality from the consumer end. Uh, do you have any tip? about how to portray to your customer the value of your 
balloon decoration solutions? Okay, so the way I kind of get the clients to understand the value is if they are looking for um, longevity, let's use high float as an example. We can use the um, high float and get the balloons to last for a week or sometimes better in their corporate situations. Um, we offer delivery. That's not something that they would be able to get from anywhere else, like a party store or a food store, wherever else they would get. Working outside of the normal delivery schedule, the whole, they need stuff set up at 6 a.m., not having to get volunteers to go pick up stuff or the day before, being able to match corporate colors. Um, we do a lot of logo balloons, so we'll uh, custom imprint them or we'll print them on our um, vinyl machine so that we can imprint and have their branded balloons ready for them for their event, even on short notice. So I, th I think the overall, what we can do for them, um, we do have a large stock that we keep on hand. So our corporate clients can call us at the last minute a lot of times. And as long as our schedule permits, we can pretty much accommodate them um, at that last minute. And a lot of them appreciate that. I mean, we also do a lot of added value. We have a corporate client that's doing a new launch and again, going back with that whole social media um, aspect, that whole being able to hashtag and tweet out to our followers and our fans, they have a special at grand opening, our car dealerships, when we go in there every month telling them, okay, what is your special this month? Like, what do you want to promote? So they want to promote a Ford Mustang this month. Okay, well, salesman Johnny says, come out and see him. And this is his big sale for the month. Tell them, you know, Charleston Bloom Company sent you. So we try to give added value in more than just them getting balloons. It's that social aspect. It's that marketing aspect that they really don't expect. So in another way to put it, you are actually, you care about your customers' business. You want to help them not just to create a, a beautiful, colorful atmosphere to, to, to their launch of a new car sales, but also you want them to be able to to sell more cars so you want to help them get more people into the dealership for example oh absolutely i mean you're going to build that relationship with that client and they're going to come back to you and they know they they know us they trust us they like us they love us and they're just going to keep coming back and coming back they know um what we can do for them they know that added value so absolutely i mean that's the way i would put it and uh, you're from South Carolina. Is there a lot of competition going on? Um, and how do you um, how do you cope with the with that? Competition's healthy. I don't. I think not having any competition um, would make for you know a boring business. Um, I I don't want to compete against my other balloon artists where I feel like it's mine or theirs, somebody wins, somebody loses. Um, we for, refer a lot of business because either we can't take it or we, um, because of our schedule or it just is not a good fit for us. So I think that's, you know, that's healthy and that's good. And that's good for the industry overall, because if there was only one person that everybody could call, it feels like it's not warranted enough as an industry. So we want I, I want the competition. Um, I just want the competition to um, price accordingly so that nobody's undercutting and learning how to price their work so that they um, honor their own value and their own worth. What, what do you answer for a customer if they tell you, 
Uh, but we got a quote from another company that is, uh, I don't know, half the price. So how will you respond? I wish them luck. I mean, I don't, I don't take offense to that. I mean, that's okay if that's what you got. You know, I get many, many a times where they say that and I wish them luck. And either they'll end up calling me back or I'll get the horror story that the company that quoted them didn't show up or their balloons fell down or it was outside decor and it was an absolute disaster. So, you know, I'm a firm believer and you get what you pay for. And, you know, we stand behind our work. We guarantee it to a point. I mean, the best you can for balloons. And it does not bother me at all. Um, so tell us a little bit about the lectures that you give in the different conventions. Uh, what type of lectures do you give and how does they look like? Okay, so um, I have a tendency to talk a lot about marketing your business, um, creating a profitable business. I love talking social media, utilizing it. Um, I really, really love working the in, in, on Instagram and doing a lot of online styling with balloons that are not even actually blown up, just making style boards for our clients to see and make them think outside the box. So I really love that whole photography aspect. Um, I'm a big one for editing photos and making them clean and bright and very um, minimalistic. So I really do um, like talking about that. Branding. I really love talking about branding and getting everybody to realize how important it is that, yes, you may be a balloon twister or a balloon artist or a balloon decorator, but, you know, your brand is, you know, who you are and what allows you to sometimes warrant higher prices um, and websites. I am a stickler for websites. I don't know how many balloon artists do not have a website. And if anybody is listening to this who has been at one of my lectures knows that I will be jumping up and down screaming, you have to have a website. So, um, so I'm really really stress that that websites are super super important what would be your uh, recommendation uh, wordpress or wix um we used to use wix um i don't actually use them anymore i actually don't even use wordpress i use squarespace so um i do i'd like them um not as easy to use as wix but i would rather see somebody use them before they didn't have anything at all um their websites do not have to be overly complicated they don't have to have a million photographs in them they just really need to have some basic information and the biggest thing I would say about your website is you need to make it about your client and not about yourself so when they go there they came there they didn't go there to find out about Jill they went there to find out that they needed balloons and that Jill could do it for them so that's let's, let's uh, dive a little bit deeper about how you make your website and uh, to be more focused about the client and the client's needs so what in your websites helps the client to understand uh, that you know what is what are their needs okay so um, pretty much I think I, I try to think of my website as if a third grader was looking at my website they could very easily understand that they could order balloons from my website now, yes, there are beautiful pictures and, you know, technical words and all that stuff, but not techie as in industry tech, but techie as in um, 
you know, helium balloons on, you know, on a string, arches, columns and all that stuff. But you got to think about the way your clients talk. Like we talk in terms of balloon columns. Majority of my customers call and ask for towers. So by switching that verbiage brings up our social ranks on um, Google and everything else. So they're able when they type that word in come back and realize, oh, they have those towers I'm looking for. Even though we know their comms, I'm not going to correct my client. I mean, that's that's humiliating to them. That makes them feel like a second-class citizen. Let them call it whatever they want, you know? So we try to satisfy whatever need it is they're looking for. Now, they may not actually know what they're looking for. They just know they need balloons. They don't even... Other than most customers that call don't know much beyond an arch or a column or healing balloons. It is our job to kind of guide them into what is um, what the possibilities are. Um, we make it very easy for them to contact us. Our phone number's right there, our contact page. Um, yes, they're able to dive deeper into our... Um, into who we are and what we do and all that, but that kind of comes secondary after they realize that we can provide them with what they need. So um, that secondary part just tells them that we're qualified. What type of pictures would you put in uh, in your in your website? What would be important for you when you show uh, what to show in your website? Well, I'm, I believe that, first of all, your pictures need to be very clean, very neat. Um, I personally am not a fan of putting my watermark on any of my pictures on my website. Social media is a little different of a story. Um, I know there are a lot of people who worry about um, other balloon companies taking their work, but honestly, there are ways to page protect your website so nobody can copy your image. But if somebody wants to get around that, they can screenshot it. So, I mean... Think of it as a form of um, flattery if they're going to take your images as far as other i i believe show what you want to sell so you know you'll see arches and columns all day long you'll see helium balloons you'll see three foot balloons you'll see all that stuff all day long i don't think whatever it is you're going to show though make sure that they are your best best pictures and not just random hey look at the work we did pictures and definitely um you know neat clean those types of pictures will you take the pictures by yourself um do i take well sometimes we get um professional photos that come back from event planners and stuff like that um obviously always giving them credit we have a tendency though to use those pictures in our blogs so we can leave their watermark and tag them and um you know, captured their market a little bit. Um, as far as photos, we usually use two cameras when we're taking pictures and we take from every different angle. So we'll take a left, a right, a center, and up and a down because I kind of like unique angles. Not all, all the time is the perfect picture just straight on. Um, but then we also use our cell phones um, to take the pictures, but we also use a larger, you know, 35 millimeter digital camera to take take some of our better photos and uh, you mentioned about uh, cleaning uh, the pictures do you do it by yourself and uh, with what kind of software or tool okay so I have a tendency to use um, pick monkey a lot 
when we're creating ad type work or maybe certain um, blog work or um, social media work, I have a tendency to use Canva. And then, you know, a lot of the Instagram stuff, I'll just filter directly in there. Do you pay for PicMonkey? Is that the paid service that you use? Yes, I use the paid version of that. And um, Canva too, I will pay um, for certain things in Canva as needed. But to me, that's just, that goes into our marketing budget and that's all good. How often do you post in your blogs? I kind of got lazy on that. I've been a little busy lately. Um, I used to, ideally, I try to do a couple times a week. Um, the more we can blog, the better it is for our search engine. Um, and everybody gets all caught up in blogging is so time consuming. I don't know what to write. What we have a tendency to do is do what we call an event highlight spotlight. And it's very easy to blog that way. So if you take a high profile event once a week and then, you know, just profile, this is a spotlight. This is the event we're spotlighting for the week. And we just write about it and we tag the venues we're in the business and all that stuff. Um, another good one that we try to do is, um, our um, vendors that we network with is doing a little spotlight piece with them like oh we loved working with our florist and here's an article all about them and then you know sometimes we'll just do our adventures I mean just this past month I was in LA and I was in Wichita and now we're here so that'll be a whole blog in itself so we you know we try to really do as much as we can that way but unfortunately I've been a little busy so Well, you're also on the road teaching, and uh, this is the year of Pioneer, uh, where you will be teaching in uh, multiple locations, so I can imagine how hard it is to keep up. But uh, you look like you know what it gives to your business, and your, uh, you have your tactics of how to do that. Um, you're also very active on the Facebook Uh, groups for helping balloon artists. Can you share with us a little bit about your, the Facebook group that you are, it's admin and what is, what do you like people to, to use this Facebook group for? Okay. So we have a Facebook group that I started called the business of balloons. Um, there are lots of fantastic groups out there from Qualtex to balloon friends and all that, where everybody showcases all their balloon work. Um, this is not the group for that. This is the group where somebody needs help with a marketing question or a, um, you know, a search engine, or they're looking on their websites or, you know, it's strictly the business side of balloons. We don't showcase work on there. Um, maybe you're doing a trade show and you want some advice from other balloon people. That is what this whole group is about. It's strictly from the business standpoint of operating all our balloon businesses. Does it matter if someone asks a question there and you know they are not using uh, strictly Pioneer balloons or Waltex balloons? Or that, is that an issue? No, that's not an issue. You know, I mean, everybody unfortunately needs this probably to cross over at some point or another. Um, I personally try to use as much Pioneer product as I can. Um, we are devoted to Pioneer and their latex. Sometimes though, we have to think outside the box and use another product for foils because Pioneer just doesn't have what we need. Um, but that, that doesn't matter. I mean, we're really looking on people to create successful, profitable 
businesses. And that was the focus of this group to help everybody kind of achieve that or have a safe place to talk about that. Uh, what about if someone of the listener hears this and they feel like they want to go further into the decor world, maybe they already started and they have a problem, they have some some questions that they want to ask because they feel maybe even a little bit lost, but they don't want to share it in public in, in the Facebook group. Uh, do you have any recommendation to them? Who should they contact and what, what should they do? Um, well, I mean, I'm answering lots of questions from different people privately, so they could always, you know, send me a message. Not all the time do I have the answer. And I will apologize if you do send me a message. I may not get back to you right away. I'm not ignoring you. But, um, you know, what I would start with is if you're trying to get into the decorating businesses, obviously join the Cubian um, curriculum, um, work towards your CBA and your certified balloon artist. Um you know, work towards that kind of stuff. Um, network with other balloon professionals. Maybe join a local QBN chapter if you have one available to you. Um, there are other little network groups around um, where people informally meet. Maybe hook up with one of them. Um, definitely tr maybe try to find a mentor that you, you know, have a safe person to talk to. So there are, there are a lot of um, resources out there for people to, um, to look for. If you would be able to meet with Jill Shortrid from uh, five years ago or even 10 years ago and give her a few advices about how to build her business better or faster or how to avoid some, some, some mistakes, what would you tell to that Jill? Ooh, okay, good questions. Okay, so first thing I would probably do, and most people will probably be like, wow, um, I would have taken my CBA exam a long time ago. I did not take my CBA exam until about six years ago or so. So I had all this stuff. I have it actually on old VHS. That's how long I had all the curriculum. Um, I definitely would have done that a lot sooner. The other thing I probably would have done was really paid attention to my numbers a lot better in my business. And had I done that, we probably would have made the shift to going strictly balloons a lot sooner than what we did. And then we would probably be in another, um, you know, another tier of business on top of that. The other thing I probably would have done was not have been so afraid to compete in some competitions to really push my boundary. Um, I think when we finally competed at World Balloon Convention, that was a pivotal point in our business because it really made me break out of my comfort zone and it really pushed me to look at things differently and I probably should have done that a whole lot sooner. This is very encouraging. I feel like a lot of people will uh, uh, identify those different mm -hmm. steps in your career and, you know, doing the CBA and pushing your boundaries with, uh, with uh, going into competitions, but also not less important, identifying where are your expenses and where are your profits. And, uh, that's definitely something I can uh, relate to as well. So I really, I really appreciate that. Uh, if people want to learn more about Jill, 
short read. Uh, where do you think they should go and how can people learn more about you? Ooh, where can you learn more about me? Well, obviously, I'm on Facebook, so you can look me up. You know, Jill Shortread. Um, you can go to our website, which is charlestonballooncompany.com, and you can go to the About Me page and get a little bit about us and, you know, find out some quirky stuff about us that you probably would not have known. You can follow us on any of the other social media stuff. You know, you can definitely send me a, a um, an email And that would just be Jill at charlestonballoon.com. So there's lots of ways to get me. And we will put the link to your website on the balloonartistpodcast.com so that people will be able to find it more easily and learn more about you. Uh, Jill, I want to thank you personally about how how you inspire people to think about the business. Uh, I've noticed the way that you do it on uh, Facebook, on social media, and now that we meet face-to-face, finally here in Float in St. Louis in 2017, I just have to take my hat off and thank you for uh, for being uh, such a motivator in the life of so many uh, of the balloon artist uh, family members so thank you and uh, i wish uh, you a lot of success in the upcoming tour of the world uh, world tour for a pioneer thank you wow so many tips and ideas from the awesome jill shortread thank you jill um thank you for listening guys to the balloon artist podcast i'm so happy to share with you that the new version of the balloon stock app and the broadest balloon stock app was released and the new feature of having a robust uh, barcode scanner really makes me happy and it is Uh, well tested and I believe you could use it better now. If you are using foil balloons and you're finding any foil balloons that are missing for you and the scan doesn't work just email me zv at balloonartistpodcast.com and email me the details and we can fix that remotely these days thanks to the new uh, remote uh, database feature in the balloon stock app so really we want you to sleep well at night, save time and enjoy making lists of balloons with the Balloon Stock App and the Brody's Balloon Stock App. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I want to give a shout out to an event by BalloonCoach.com. And that event is, of course, called uh, PPP. And that stands for Parade, Promotions and Profits. Now, isn't that a, go- a cool name? I'm a, a big believer in acronyms. You know me always saying MABC, which is the Modern Automated Balloon Business Course. I also like DFEB, which is the Dance Floor Experiences Blueprint. I like MUST, but that's something that only MABCs know, which is like the MABC Assistive Support Team. Never mind. There's more acronyms coming your way soon, but for now, I want to mention the PPP. Uh, Parade Promotion and Profit with Balloons by Tommy and the BalloonCoach.com team. Joet is arranging this event. It's going to be at June 22 till June 25. Really talented people are instructing there. You really want to check that out. Check out uh, the lecture by Chad Johnson about sales. That's one of my favorite topics personally. And 
yeah, just go there and enjoy it. If you are in the area, if you're not in the area, you can even fly to Chicago. Uh, I'm going to arrive to Chicago just a few days after uh, accidentally and will be in Chicago for a few weeks with my family. And there will be some surprises about that as well. But uh, there will be enough time to talk about that. So for now, I just want to mention the PPP event, June 22 till June 25. I want to thank you again for listening to the Balloon Artist Podcast. That was Season 4, Chapter 4. And I will be seeing you soon enough in the next week on the Balloon Artist Podcast. This show is sponsored by Brody's Balloons. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, Season 4, Chapter 4, The Tip Section. The tip today is not going to help a lot of you. It will actually be something that you might never uh, had any chance of enjoying. So you might want to stop listening to the next tip. But if you do want to leverage this tip, Hear me out, because this one is for people that either have slap bracelets, you know, those balloon artists like Matt Falloon and a whole bunch of people that, that have slap bracelets. Or if you don't have slap bracelets, then this tip is actually for people that you meet and they have slap bracelets, like those balloon artists that are buying slap bracelets. Now, there is a deal right now cooking. It's actually already fully cooked. Uh, and 14 balloon artists from all around the world, from Australia, Norway, the UK, Canada, the US, Israel, all around the world, people are joining and are basically buying slap bracelets together so that the cost will go down by much. And each of them has their own logos and the company that creates the slap bracelets were uh, very kind in the negotiation uh, and allowed us to get really good pricing. And so there will be more and more people all around the world that has slap bracelets from silicon that are just wonderful for connecting balloons to and for using it as upsells. I'm personally going to get, um, because I already have 13,000 of them from the previous order, this time I'm only taking 3,000 and I'm taking them already themed for a specific need, which is newborn parties. So I'm really working hard right now on my newborn parties market and I will have a baby boy slap bracelet and a baby girl slap bracelet. And that's not actually the tip for today. The tip goes like this. Every time, every time a balloon artist meets another balloon artist that has slap bracelets or that you're the one that has slap bracelet and you're meeting another balloon artist like in the jam room or like you meet them face to face, not while walking, yeah? Then you play the slap bracelet game, which is the game where you take the slap bracelet and you slap it. That was like uh, the sound that it makes um, on the other balloon artist's hand. And he slaps you back. And then it, you go again and again. Basically, it's like a, a slapping game. And that is how we, you know, uh, communicate with slaps. Uh, so... If you try this, you will be addicted. Uh, trust me, I know. And uh, I hope that you've enjoyed like the full picture of what you can do 
with slap bracelets and how important it is to meet with balloon artists uh, that has slap bracelets because that game is just so much fun. That was the tip section for Season 4, Chapter 4. I will be seeing you guys next week on the Balloon Artist Podcast.